Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, ladies and gentlemen, depending on where you are and when you're listening to this. You're tuned into Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 43 with myself, Alexander Holland, and my number one pod. What's that, what's that P sound that suggests, not partner, what could I call you? With my number one pod. You want another P? Pod put. Pod, yeah, if you got if you got one. Pod pod patriarch. Yeah, I like <laughs> oh, I like that one. I think we just lo- I think we just lost a massive amount of listeners. Let's use that. <laughs> it has a it has a meaning that predates pejorative term patriarchy. And my number one pod patriarch and men's right advocate John Maloney. <laughs> Notorious men's rights advocate. Notorious men's right advocate, John Maloney. Come from a long day of picketing the family court, and here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I just realised you asked me a nice question, which is, how was your sleep? Because it's uh, 7am for me. I Mm. am once again appearing on the Zoom screen to you in my beautiful beautiful Merlot bathrobe. Mm, It's lovely. And... And uh, yeah, it was good. I was I slept okay. Actually, I was up. I was up kind of late last night doing a little bit of research for this particular mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. That's how seriously we take the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Just in case you're wondering, I've gone without sleep <laughs> to get the facts right. Yeah, you really kind of chased it, didn't you? Like a old school gumshoe detective. Yeah, yeah. You started to get a sense of how high up it went. People made. <laughs> People making veiled threats for you to stop <laughs> st- stop poking around Holland. <laughs> and you have returned back from Singapore and I now have. you're back in Melbourne. Yeah. So I entered a deep post-holiday funk, which is what I like to do when I get back from a holiday. Yeah. Just drop my bundle for a few days. And then... Um, Did you have hundreds of emails waiting for you? Yeah. Well, not really, which is its own... It's a double-edged sword when you're self-employed and you think, oh, I'm not that busy, but I guess right. that might eventually become a problem. But um, everything is fine. Uh, it's it's I could have probably easily travelled for another several months, but um, <laughs> uh, not not financially. So um, here I am, and I'm very happy to be doing yet another episode. I was thinking today when I was setting up, because when I was in Singapore, I was kind of doing things outside of my normal studio and, you know, the routine's a bit different when you're in a hotel room. But just to think that I've done some version of this, you know, plugging in my mic and testing it and all this stuff, 43 times now. Oh, pretty, yeah. Pretty amazing. That's true. Yeah. It's funny now when people, when people, Paul ask me for the podcast link and I send it to them and I'm, I always say to them, look, you can start at the beginning if you want. Mm. Uh, somebody did uh, somebody did something quite cool last time, uh, last week, where they, they listened to the first episode and the most recent episode. They, they right. listened, to the bo- listened to the bookends to see if yeah. it was for them. Yeah, what do you do? Do you say to people, you know, kind of maybe kick off at about season about episode 20 season 20 I say I say you you're welcome to go right back to the start yeah but it gets it gets better 
I say. It's a bit like the sort of pilot episodes of, I don't know, Seinfeld or any of those shows where it's like we hadn't really found our personas yet and yeah. uh, the rhythm was a little bit different, a little bit patchier because I think we were just satisfied to be getting episodes done and for them yeah. to not, not be terrible was an achievement. I was just happy that I was I was able to tell my therapist that I was doing my homework. Yeah. The therapist said, "Do a podcast. This is the new <laughs> this is what they say this is what they say now in the 21st yeah. century." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the new journaling. Have you thought yeah. about just have you expressing about- your opinions about everything on a podcast? <laughs> she said, "Do you have a do you have a best friend that you can just talk with on a microphone and then bother everybody that you know and tell them to listen to the show about yeah with? he said uh, do you have a friend you can talk to about your life and he said oh no nah, it's a bit we don't really do that sort of shit uh and he said what if you were to do it under the veil of a podcast would yeah that, would that be acceptable he to said, your that's right extraordinarily he said, heteronormative friend <laughs> he said <laughs> He said, have you got a man that you can open up to? And I just crossed my arms. I said, nah, I don't know <laughs> nah. what the bloody hell that's about. You get to stop. I don't you can stop that sentence right there, mate. Because I don't know what you think I'm paying for here, but you can stop that right about now. And he said, <laughs> and he said, he said what about if you just said that it was a podcast? And I went, Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, all right, so, that might work. So it's not it's not soft or anything if it's on a podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> so this week, John, we've got a fun topic to discuss, which is yeah. something that we've both been kicking around as a bit of an idea for a while. I must say I'm I'm genuinely excited to discuss it. <laughs> Because I guess it came about because I was watching YouTube as I do yeah. all, all day, 24-7, <laughs> and I follow this great channel called The Professor of Rock who interviews right. he interviews all the greats from the golden era of pop and rock and roll, kind of basically 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and maybe a bit of early noughties. And he had Bobby Brown as one yep. of his in- interviewees, one of his guests as guest. recently. As a guest. Oh, cool. And Bo- and Ray Parker Jr., just so you know. He had them both oh, wow. on, the same, on the same episode. And Bobby Brown was there talking about how he had contributed to the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack. Ghostbusters 2 came out in 1989. And then I was like, that's right. He's got that song. And we- we've actually mentioned this song in the show before, I'm pretty sure, briefly. Uh, yeah. Bobby Brown's On Our Own, which is the song that runs over the end credits of Ghostbusters 2. And it is a catchy yeah. jam. I really like that song. And so when I saw Bobby Brown on Professor of Rock, I jumped back into the song and I was like, this is a great song. I was remembering, well, I guess we're going to have to take control. Baby. And I was loving it. And I, and I told you about it and you mm. said, oh, of course I know that song. I love that song too. And then as I was listening to it, the song, uh, the, the lyrics to the song, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a song in the style of what 
what was called New Jack Swing at the right. time. It's a kind of R&B and hip-hop influenced style of music that uh, was popular in the sort of mid to late 80s up until the sort of early to mid 90s. And right. so he s- Bobby Brown sings the first he sings that song. Yeah. And the sing the singy bits just have nothing to do with anything. They're just sort of they just he just says things about kind of being confident and you know, taking the world mm. by the scruff gen- of the neck, generic taking the world, sort of yeah, just generic nothing. Yeah. But then but yeah. then there's this then the, he does this one thing. He starts rapping yeah. about the plot of Ghostbusters 2 <laughs> and it's and I and and at the time when it first happened I, I didn't really catch my attention because I've heard the song so many times before and that is a yeah. thing that happened a lot in movies yeah and of that era mm. and then I called you up and I was like man we should do a show I'm missing a trick how- we're missing a trick here because there is a plethora of films that came out yeah. at that time yeah. that had a hip hop song yeah. typically in the end credits of the film. Yeah. And the hip hop song Some sometimes over a sort of montage segment in during the film as well. Sometimes over a montage sequence during the film. And the rap song would directly refer to the film and in many cases just explain the plot of the <laughs> film that you just seen. Yeah, yeah. Or explain events that you'd already witnessed in the film if it was during the film. Yes. I mean, when you yeah. when you brought it, to, it was one of those things where when you brought it up, I just thought it's amazing that we haven't already talked about this on the show because it combines so many elements that are close to our hearts close to the central mission and vision of the show i mean it's it's a phenomenon that's largely unique to the what's almost exclusively with some notable exceptions unique to the late 20th century so as you say sort of mid 80s to the kind of mid 90s and then it starts to peter out and it's just it involves a kind of a level of often a level of sort of cringiness and sort of corporate cross promotion <laughs> and and it also heavily involves Will Smith he's like probably <laughs> to the extent that anyone is like a repeat offender in this area he's definitely there but also the 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 way that it affects the content of the mu- of the music because you're given i guess as part of the process quite a prescriptive brief and so the lyrics are yeah. often quite amusingly strained because they have to like <laughs> touch on different plot points and also it's kind of the overlay is like this pathos where you're like wow imagine being in a band and he's like a like a hip-hop group and you were like you know maybe we'll be like the next nwa or whatever and then you end up just kind of rapping about ghosts and slime (laughs) (laughs) so just to give people probably to give people um this is one of the this is one of the earlier examples of it is on our own by bobby brown from the ghostbusters 2 soundtrack i'll just Mm -hmm. i'll just i'll just sort of give you some of the lyrics of the song so this is just how bizarre this particular one is because this one as i said it, it starts off as a normal song and he just says if I was you and you were me, you'd want to be winning. If you want something bad, yo, you got to want to give your all because I believe because oh. I believe so much in we and we're not kidding. If you feel the same as me, yo, 
you got to want to take the ball. So it, it just it doesn't mean anything. It's complete. It's a total song that was either on the yeah. shelf waiting for something to be plugged into it, or they came up with it very quickly. Yeah. And the song, the song just goes on for several minutes, <laughs> and then it hits the bridge of the, and then he sings the chorus. He goes, "Gotta take it home. If it's up to us, we've got to take it home." And so he's singing, and then. After the song is there's about nothing, it just goes too hot to handle, too cold to hold. They called the Ghostbusters and they're in control. <laughs> Had them throwing a party for a bunch of children. All the while, the slime was under the building. So they packed up their group, got a grip, <laughs> came equipped, bit. grabbed their proton packs off their back, and they split. Found out about Vigo, the master of evil. Try to battle my boys. That's not legal. <laughs> so that's just in the song. <laughs> And it's just, Wonderful. it just throws in lazily a few plot points. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, the first of all, the first line, too hot to handle, too cold to hold, that's not really adding anything. Yeah. They're called the, I guess he just wanted to say the Ghostbusters, they're called the Ghostbusters and they're in control. And then had them throw in a party for a bunch of children. Now, for anybody who f- has forgotten the plot, of mm. Ghostbusters 2, it begins with the Ghostbusters throwing a children's party because they've had a bit of a fall from grace and they're no longer respected members of the New York City community. And so they have to throw children's parties to make <laughs> yeah. ends meet. So he's put that in. Yeah. And then all the while the slime was under the building. That's true. The ectoplasm, the purple slime, evil slime is what essentially the, the movie's based around. There's slime, yeah. purple slime coursing through the sewage veins of New York City. And then found out about Vigo, the Carpathian, the master of evil. <laughs> found out about Vigo, the Carpathian, the master of evil. He's he's the uh, he's the baddie man in the in painting, the, film. the Moldovan man in the painting. Yeah. Uh, and then the laziest line of all. Uh, he's just <laughs> said. He said, found out about Vigo, the master of evil, which is obviously the line that Bobby Brown and the writers of this song were desperate to get in. Because then the last line is just, try to battle my boys, question mark. That's not legal. Mm, that's not legal. Yeah, that's I mean, not- he, he just needed something <laughs> retrospectively that might, that rhymed with evil, sort of rhymed with le- evil. Yeah. Evil try to battle legal. my boys. That's not legal. Check the books. There's a there's a law there stating yeah. you cannot battle Bill Murray and the boys. Yeah, I mean, there's. I guess there is an assault law that would cover the Ghostbusters. And yeah, and, else. but but everybody else exactly. Everybody else. It should say try to battle anyone, mm. un- unless it's in self defence. That's try illegal. to battle if you're not a member of the police or the military. Yeah, exactly. That's not legal. The state has a monopoly on violence. <laughs> if you're not part of them and you're trying to battle, you'll find yeah. yourself in court. That's yeah. what I should have said. Carpathian or not. <laughs> nobody, ca- nobody cares if you're in a painting. Uh, yeah, so I mean that's that's one of the early examples, but we've 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 collated a, a list yeah. of many of the offenders. And in fact, before we, perhaps before we start saying that, I, I just also want to uh, mention the article that was a big help to us here because what was quite difficult with this was that. Once I started talking to John about it, it's such a sort of bizarre thing that doesn't have its own name that it was difficult to find articles that reference yeah. this particular phenomenon. It took me yeah. it took me quite the first time I searched I couldn't find anything and eventually 
Um, thank God, because I thought, am I the only person that noticed this? Yeah. Uh, there's a Slate article from 2019 by a journalist called Jack Hamilton, and the, the article's titled, A Brief History of the Movie Summarizing End Credits Rap, which was a big help <laughs> for this particular episode. was brilliant. And he mentions your favorite man, John, Will Smith. Mm, who's done no less than at least four that he identifies. And I think... <laughs> He's certainly been behind others because if you look at his, if you looked at it like a complete list of films that have this, um, this phenomenon, and it's quite, it's sort of, I guess, maybe important to say that it's situated within a broader, like there are movie, there are songs that are commissioned for or made famous by films, right, and and that they may just be a song that kind of is broadly on theme, uh, and some of those are. Are great as well. Like when you think about "Kiss from a Rose" by Seal, that's right. that's a song that you know. That if you if you watch the video clip, it's like it's great. By the way, I watched it for, in preparation for today. It's a it's Seal like singing in front of a bat sim, bat signal, and yeah. like the big spotlight thing. But there's nothing in the lyrics that gives you any idea about Batman, which is part of why it's, it's been able to. Uh, why it's still played on radio today, even though nobody remembers Batman forever. But, you know, if you looked at, like, nobody's playing Run DMC's <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 rap, where they say, I, 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 I ain't afraid of no ghost. That's, that's got a more specific function. Uh, so it's, yeah. you know, these kind of, these expository, if that's a word, hip hop or, or raps that kind of play the role of, like tying a little bow around the major plot points. Yeah. Jack Hamilton's article has this brilliant line. He mentions the first film that he, the the start of the article, he says, I've never seen the 1988 film, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. I have, however, watched the video for the fat boys, Are You Ready for Freddy? A song from the (laughs) film's soundtrack more than (laughs) once. And then he goes on to say, Are You Ready? Freddy is one of the more extreme specimens of a peculiar form of late 20th century cinematic detritus. The end credits rap song in a movie that otherwise has little or nothing to do with rap that summarizes (laughs) or otherwise comments on the plot of the movie that you've just watched. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's a good article. I guess probably the most famous one has got to, and the most successful one, it's almost so successful that people don't even realize that this is a, uh, I mean, and, and he gives um, Jack Hamilton, in Jack Hamilton's article, he uses, he's given this phenomenon a title, which we're going to use, which is the, uh, he calls it the wrap up rap. Yeah. That's yeah. this phenomenon. He calls it the wrap up rap. Surely the most successful example of the wrap up rap is uh, from friend of the show, Will Smith. Men yeah. in Black, which I think yeah. everybody will be familiar with that song. Yeah, that's true. And that is a rare example of something which is explicitly about the film. But, you know, you might during the 90s have heard that just being played at a party, even though, it, you know, it wasn't really – it had a popularity and a life of its own. Yeah. Which I'm was surprising because it's an awful song. Um, the good guys dressed in black, remember that, just in case we ever face-to-face and make contact. The title held by me, M-I-B, means what you think you saw you did not see. So don't brink. No, I can't even read this. The black suit with the Ray-Bans on, walk in the shadow, move in silence, guard against extraterrestrial violence. <laughs> Can I just 
uh, complement that with another one of his great works. Oh. Probably, probably hard to pick, but Wild it's hard Wild to pick West. your favorite Will Smith wrap up rap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not. There's really nobody else in the entertainment world that you could say that about that they that they've done more than one of these, and it's difficult to pick. Again, non canonical example, but I did look at films that he was in where I don't think he contributed to the soundtrack himself because it was a little bit past the prime of the wrap-up rap, but there were still raps that were kind of tied into the film. One of those is Bright, the film Bright, which came out in 2017 and features none other than friend of the show Machine Gun Kelly. And and Machine is... uh, is rapping again, doing that kind of generic sort of. Well, this is sort of about a person battling against the odds, which is probably what the film's about. I don't know because I'll never watch it, but uh, <laughs> but it's it's generic enough that it could have been about anything. But then the video clip, because for those who haven't seen Bright, uh, which is I, I'm included in that, although I've got an idea of the plot from watching bits and pieces, it's a kind of alternative possible world where I think in in a city like LA uh, there are humans but there are also orcs and elves and uh, and but it's just kind of modern day uh, LA so I think it's in LA so that so for example there's these kind of orcs that are like dressed in just like sort of gangster wear like they've got bandanas on and uh, basketball shirts on and there's a scene where Machine Gun Kelly's walking down the street and then he just kind of high fives and embraces this orc and it's just like, (laughs) Jesus Christ, this is just like a very strange place that we've ended up in culturally. But uh, yeah, and then, but no, the the other example that most people will will have some familiarity with is Wild Wild West uh, and another Will Smith jam. Yeah, wiki wiki wild, wiki wild, wiki wiki probably, wild. Before you, wild before you mention that, John, it's, it's probably worth also just mentioning that it tends to be a t- a, there's a type of film that you can. I mean, I'm sure people are getting a picture of this, but there's there's like no wrap up rap at the end of Schindler's List. You know, no, it's a particular. Right. <laughs> it has to be a particular type of of film to which this would be. Con- I mean, I don't think it would, it should be considered appropriate at all. But back then. Yeah. It was considered appropriate for films like I'm just having another look at the list here. The Adams Family, Space yeah. Jam, Teenage yep. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. You kind of uh, fun for the whole family. Fun for thing. the whole. F- it's kind of exactly. It's a great fun for the whole family film phenomenon. Mm. That's nice. Illiter- it's nice uh, alliteration. Fun for the whole family the phenomenon. Phenomenon. So Wild Wild West, John. Yeah. Uh, let me just. Let me just. Um Furnish you with some of those lyrics. Jim West, Desperado, Rough Rider, No You Don't Want Nada, None of This, Six Gun and This, Brother Running This, Buffalo Soldier Looks, It's Like I Told You, Any Damsel That's In Distress Be Out of That Dress When She Meets Jim West, who I guess is Will Smith's character. Roughneck, so go check the law and abide. Watch your step flex and get a hole in your side. Swallow your pride, don't let your lip react. You don't want to see my hand down where my hip be at. With Artemis from the start of this run in the game, James West tame in the West. So remember the name. Who are you going to call? Not the GBs. Oh, interesting. So it's a kind of reference to GB stands for Ghostbusters. So 
It's oh, a, it's, it's, wow. It's like a new jack. It's a, it's a film uh, wrap-up rap reference to another wrap-up rap. Wow, now who you're going to call J-Dub-N-A-G. If you ever riff with either one of us, break out before you get bum-rushed at the wild, wild west. When I roll into the wild, wild west. When I stroll into the et cetera, et cetera. Wow. So, yeah, great, great he stuff. Must, Will, Will must harangue every producer that hires him for a film and says, <laughs> I can do the rap song for yeah. the film. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when he was in when he was in King Richard or whatever the one is about yeah. the Williams sisters dad. He was like, Come on, this is this is a tennis movie. Like there's gotta be some rap in there. Grab grab your rackets, guys. Here we go again. It's me <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> I got some rhymes to bend. Uh, <laughs> Venus I mean, and Serena yeah, he wasn't, wanna hit he the went ball. Up to, he went up to the producers of Pursuit of Happiness and they said, yeah, look, Will, exactly. this film's about a young single father who's <laughs> run out of money and he's got a young son and he's running around trying to sell a medical device to try and make ends meet. And he said, that sounds like a great rap song that I could do. <laughs> No, I don't think you're quite getting the tone of the film here. Yeah, yeah. Will. It's not. And he said, "I don't know. I don't know what tone is, but I know what bar. I know what bars are. And I got, I got them, and they are fire. And can my son Jaden please be in it?" And they said, "No, we we've cast another boy." And he says, "I don't think you have. I think, I think it's gonna." Be, and he said, "They said, okay, we'll compromise. Jaden can be in it, but no raps." Yeah. Is Jaden actually in it? I'd forgotten. Yeah, Jaden plays Jaden plays his son. Oh. Again, another film that I uh refuse to watch in its in <laughs> Pursuit its, of Happiness. Uh, <laughs> it's probably good. <laughs> Pursuit of Happiness is actually not bad. I do yeah. quite like the uh the final scene. Um I actually do find quite moving because the whole film is about we're getting a little bit off track here, but I'm just gonna say <laughs> as far as Will Smith films go. Pursuit of Happiness is one of the best. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've heard that. I Am Legend is another one that he was in that doesn't have a uh, wrap-up rap. Is, and I is think that a zombie one? Used yeah, he plays yeah, this kind of- Yeah, he could have definitely had that. He could have, Definitely, yeah. that would have been great for a wrap-up rap. Yeah, I bet that was a conversation that they had. <laughs> and they said, look, we're trying to create a sort of horror, dystopia sort of vibe. And if there's a- montage of you killing zombies where you're just talking about like if you're a zombie you don't want me whatever whatever yeah if if there's a montage of you rapping about how all the ladies want you because you kill all the zombies then that's not what we're going for it's gonna kill the vibe and when when you've the other thing to perhaps note as a bit of a a side side note is uh when you first came to me with this idea i immediately thought of a song or a rap that accompanies a game that we used to play uh, yeah. sort of emulate a version of, which is NBA Jam Hang Time. If I remember correctly, it's a game, it's it's over the, you know, so everyone's everyone's probably had a crack at an arcade game and this is just your standard basketball two-player game or you can play it one player, but we always played it against each other and you pick your teams and while you are in the kind of menu screen and mucking around before you're actually playing, it's got, or, or probably at the arcade, 
when it's in the kind of insert coins loop, it's playing this song and it's a, it's a song. Let me just check who it's by. It's, uh, (laughs) it's M doc. His name is. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and it's, uh, just to give you a a flavor, anything goes on the quarter, never can beat beauty on the skin, deeper, like the rim, 10 feet. You can't stop me. Your game looks sloppy. You need more practice. Maybe you lack this. To enjoy the game by midway, I can jump around you, even shoot a tray. A three-point, you can bet a threat, no sweat, back it out and fade away all net. Now, uh, <laughs> let's unpack this. Yeah, let's unpack this. It's just like like I'm doing an English literature class. Um <laughs> What's so so this 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 now, what um, do we think? What do we think M Doc is <laughs> <laughs> Now guys, now guys. <laughs> now guys, put yourself in his shoes for a minute. Uh you're trying to be a, a rapper. You haven't things haven't really gone to plan. Um uh, and uh the things that I if I could just pick out a few bits. I mean I like, for example, um you need more practice. Maybe you lack this because yeah. that's another example of a kind of desperate attempt to make things rhyme, which works out fairly awkwardly. The other thing I like is to enjoy the game by Midway because Midway, <laughs> Midway was the uh, game designer. It's the production it's the company manufacturer of the game. Yeah, so it's like it's like he's he was given a dossier with a bunch of basic facts about it, and he's like, okay, it's by Midway, so I'll, I'll just whack that in. Even though it's a bit kind of meta and weird, but like, how much, how much can you say about a basketball game? I can't believe that he was sitting down with a pad and paper and he wrote the line to enjoy the game by midway. <laughs> I can jump handing, around you, even shoot a tray. Imagine just handing them, handing them that back, and then going, "Don't, no, don't put us in. Yeah, exactly. we, that doesn't make any." Don't take people out of the game and talk about the manufacturer of the game. <laughs> it would be like it would be like if Will Smith started like yeah. rapping about Universal or Paramount sort of mid yeah, exactly. and then kind of talking about negotiating a fee with his agent and the producer. Just or, talk, <laughs> or talked about like being on set and having craft services. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love that one. Also, it's also a great example of another thing that this that this um this wrap up rap genre features is a lot of really awkward and uncomfortable rhymes because mm. they're trying to get in things mm. about it's not an it's not a natural flowing hip hop no. song because they've obviously they've just got a list in front of them of yeah. things that they need to get in. And so there's all these there's all, there's all these like uncomfortable rhymes. There's lines that don't make then they serve no other purpose than to rhyme with the thing that they need to get into the song. You yeah. know, like I'm going to I'll rap more Bester. Here comes Uncle Fester. This kind of bullshit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which isn't in there, but the Adams Family, Adams Family, the two Adams Family films are also offenders of this. You have, um, you have MC Hammer with Adams Groove from the 1991 yeah. film, The Adams Family, and then tag team, uh, tag team Adams Family values Womp, which I think was like, uh, 
they did like a version of Womp, Womp. There It Is oh. and, just put, and just put Adam's Family. Womp. It just goes Womp. Adam's Family. The Adam's Family. Talking about <laughs> oh, like awkward crowbarring in. Yeah, Womp. yeah, yeah. You know that song that was popular, you guys, that went Womp, There It Is? Can you just put Womp and replace There It Is with The Adams Family? Womp, and they Christina Ricci. How big is the... <laughs> <laughs> Womp, Angelica Houston. Womp, Christina Ricci. Womp, um, Thing. Womp, Uncle Fester. <laughs> played by Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> um, the other one that I think... Uh, Few people will be aware of. Maybe I'm wrong, but I I had never seen it, and it's it's um it's kind of again a bit a bit atypical because the actors from the film are the ones doing the rap, and uh-huh. I mean I guess I guess the Will Smith exa- Will Smith would yeah. Will Will Smith's the other major example of that, but in this case you've got Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd from the film Dragnet. Which no, which nobody remembers. This is like proto wrap up rap because this is. Yeah. I guess the I guess the I guess the other thing worth mentioning, John, is the wrap up rap seems to have seems to have. There were a few films that 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 did this, but perhaps with like uh, the Dragnet's not a rap, is it? It's a song. It is. It is a rap, but it's a kind oh, it is of a rap. Um, yeah, but it's a kind of um, uh, like it's a very kind of white rap done by Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks <laughs> rather than by sort of actual people who are good at this stuff. Um, and the lyrics. And this is from, I'm just looking it up. So, this is, so this, is, this is this is 87. So this is yeah. right at, because my earliest example was from that Slate article, which was the 1988 film, Are You Ready, Freddy? And that mm. was the then past their prime Fat Boys with the song, Yeah, the Fat Are You Boys. Ready, Freddy? Sorry, from the film A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. So yeah, in 1987, you had this other example of Tom Hanks and yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. So Dan Aykroyd begins by speaking the words, "This is the city. It's a city of crime. My name is Friday. I carry a badge. 315 <laughs> Thursday, January 15. It was chilly that morning in the city of Angels. On this particular occasion, we happen to witness a pagan ritual in progress. And then the, then the rap begins, and he says, Dan Aykroyd says. See, that's Trebek. We're just in time. We've stumbled into a major crime. And Tom Hanks says, and you can watch a video of this, and it's kind of, given the heights to which Tom Hanks has ascended, I mean, I bet that there's there's a list of topics that he won't go into on interviews, and it includes his son Chet and this particular <laughs> song. And, and he says, they've got the girl all fright. Now that's not nice. I think she is the subject of a sacrifice. And Dan Aykroyd says, buddy, we're putting this party on ice. And Tom Hanks says, but first, you know, we really ought to read them their rights. And Dan Aykroyd says, read them their rights, read them their rights. And Tom Hanks says, well, I'm here tonight to rap about your rights because right now you're in trouble. Don't have to say nothing at all. You got all, you all got two calls and you better make them on the double. So horrible. And then there's, the chorus is just, this is a city of crime, don't step out of line. This is a city of crime. You'd better be praying your judge is kind. Dan Aykroyd, you're a dangerous mob and it is our job to bust you all for being violent. While we're here, let's state it clear. And Tom Hanks says, you have the right to remain silent. Awful. <laughs> it goes on, but I'll spare you the rest. But um, But honestly, it's... It was one of the one of my favorite discoveries out of 
preparing for this discussion. <laughs> I came up with over the weeks. I'd come up with, I'd come up with the ones that I that that came to mind. My, yeah. So my own list had, with a bit of help from you as well, John. We had chronologically, we had in 1989. Mm-hmm. See, Ghostbusters two had two of these. Ghostbusters two had mm. again, again now past their prime. Run DMC. Mm. Ghostbusters from Ghostbusters 2. Uh, you had, but then in the same film, you had Bobby Brown doing a more R&B, New Jack swing, <clears throat> R&B, New Jack swing song on our own. And then he, he does the little Ghostbusters uh, applicable rap. Then in yeah. 1990, you had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and you had Turtle Power by Partners in Crime, mm. which I believe, again, rolls over exactly over the end credits. And that's that goes... On the half shell, they're the heroes for. In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with muggings mysterious. All police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force. Uh? This is serious, so give me a quarter. I was a witness. Get me a reporter. Call April O'Neil in on this mm. case, and you better hurry up. There's no time to waste. We need help, like quick on the double. We have pity on the city, man. It's in trouble. So mm. just bad, bad. So that's um. <laughs> I gotta say that's above average. <laughs> <laughs> so we had uh, we had that. Then I had in 1991. Again, I think a lot of people from our era would be familiar with this. You had. Following on from the massive success of the Partners in Crime, Turtle Power, the second Ninja Turtles feature film, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, featuring Ninja Rap by Vanilla Ice. And that film famously features a scene where I think the turtles are like having a run fight through the city and then they crash into a concert hall and Vanilla Ice is on stage and I think all the crowd looks over and goes, "What's oh, the Ninja Turtles have busted in. They must be fighting crime. And then mm. I think Vanilla, because he's just so quick on his feet, mm. he just goes, oh, I'm going to do a song about you guys. And then he does the Ninja <laughs> rap. Excellent. And then yeah. we had um, then MC Hammer did the Adam's Groove in 1991 from the Adam's Family Values. Yeah. 1993, tag team, Adam's Family, Whomp. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and in fact, we found a list on uh, somebody has gone to the effort on letterboxd.com of doing an entire list of all of the end credit raps. And I think this person had it's it said updated 20 days ago. So this person's keeping it fresh anytime wow. one comes to his mind. So he's got end credit raps, movies with a rap song over the end credits that explain the plot of the movie. And Mm. then it's got Adam's Family, Ninja Turtles, Venom, Deep Blue Sea, Space Jam. Mm. I'm seeing Men in Black. Apparently the Deep Blue Sea uh, rap is notable because it's done from the perspective of a shark, which is Oh, yes. Uh, Wow, that's really developing the genre and taking it to exciting (laughs) new places. Trans-speciesist places. Um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, has one at the end. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm seeing another one here that I wanted to mention. Uh, did you check this? So, Will Smith was in a live-action Aladdin in 2019. Mm, yeah, and, I saw that list, but I haven't I haven't gone to look at the lyrics. And uh, so, Will Smith once again has harangued the producers. He didn't <laughs> care that it was 2019. He said, <laughs> he said, guys, do you are you familiar with the wrap-up rap? And they yeah. said... 
well, from 25 years ago, we are. What the fuck are you talking about, Will? And he yeah. said, listen, I'm the genie. Let's get my best friend DJ Khaled in here. And then, <laughs> and then we would do, and I think it, I think, um, it takes one of the songs from the original Aladdin soundtrack and, yeah. and, and um, like interpolates a bit of the melody, one of those familiar Disney Aladdin melodies. And then I think he raps from the perspective of the genie. And that sounds like I'm making that up, but it's true. <laughs> and that's from 2019. Will yeah. is, he, oh, he loves this. I think this is his favorite thing in the world. <laughs> this is probably what caused problems probably- with him and Jada. Yeah. He probably doesn't even like acting. He just likes to use that as a pretext <laughs> to do a rap about the plot. <laughs> when they had that uncomfortable interview where Jada Pinkett was explaining how she'd had an extramarital affair and he said, I can't understand why you've done this. And she just popped in the DVD to Aladdin live action 2019 film <laughs> and said, can you see this wrap up rap song you've done with DJ Khaled? He this said, is yeah, why. fair cop, fair cop. <laughs> Uh, you, you had every right to look elsewhere. Another sort of spin-off is that it kind of spawns these video clips, which often involve these really sort of uh, staged interactions between the performers of, yeah, in the, the from the film and the musicians. You know, it's a great, and they just make for great watching because you can't really imagine. I don't think that happening anymore. It's it's of about the same era. I think it began a little bit earlier than the wrap up rap, John. But yeah, mm. again, this was something that I wanted to find examples of because I watched the White Men Can't Jump music video, mm. and Rosie Perez, who is obviously a char- plays a character in White Men Can't Jump, she's in the music video, like interacting with the R and B singers in the riff music yeah. video, and it reminded yeah. me of this thing where um yeah where actors from the film appear in the music video mm. of the song that is connected to the soundtrack of the film mm-hmm. so again it was difficult to look this up cuz it's like what what am i looking what, up what, what here are your i didn't search know what terms? to look up and i think i looked up i th- i think i was looking up actors that appear in the music videos of the <laughs> films that the that the soundtrack, it was really it was really convoluted and it took me yeah. quite a few searches until I found it. And somebody on a website called Den of Geek did the, tw- the 20 greatest examples of the movie tie-in music video. Mm. But maybe you can explain this phenomenon as well, John. Sure, yeah. The, I mean, the one that came to mind, I, I mentioned before Batman Forever, but the original Batman yeah. was, was scored by none other than Prince. And it's actually considered to be... Uh, it's you know because Prince is bloody good, so it's actually considered to be a very decent album, which goes into kind of one of the reviewers said that this basically explores the story of Batman in in far more interesting ways than were yeah. explored in any of the Batman movies. Apparently, Prince was given a sort of a rough copy of the film and used samples from that uh, from that version of the film. 
and then ah. kind of laid music over those samples. So he has this thing called the Bat Dance, which features like a lot of imagery from the film and I think some appearances by the characters. And it also features just samples of Michael Keaton talking, which are quite weird because they're kind of really unprocessed because they were only at a sort of production stage of the film. So everything else that Prince is doing will be like really crisply produced and then it'll cut to Michael Keaton being like, I'm Batman. And then and then uh, have a few choice quotes from the film. And then there's, uh, well, Dangerous Minds. There's the, the clip from uh, Gangster's Paradise has, of course, Coolio <laughs> rapping. What happens is Michelle Pfeiffer walks in through a long down this long corridor and sits down with Coolio and says to Coolio something like, "Okay, why don't you just tell me what's been going on?" And then Coolio launches into this rap about exactly, exactly. And then and then he's doing it like an inch from her face in certain scenes, and she's just kind of looks very deadpan and as though she's kind of you know kind of just taking in what's going on. And it's such a weird – I mean, it's such a weird thing that as an actor, particularly yeah. for a reasonably serious movie like Dangerous Minds, that you would have to then go and like do do this kind of video clip shoot as as a sort of extended merchandising exercise. Yeah, with exactly. Coolio. It would be part of your contract along with having to do the press junket would be – yeah. You've got to be whatever whatever music video we make for this film, you have to be yeah. in it. And the movie tie-in, it's different to the wrap-up rap because in a, a yes. like a song like a song like Gangster's Paradise, the song is not specifically about anything in the film. It's just more of no. a song that they used for the film. Exactly. And another example of that is a song which we both enjoyed. Here's Johnny. Uh, yeah. by Debarge. I can't remember his first name. One of the DeBarge family, yeah. Yeah, one of the DeBarge family. Um, and I, the thing I liked about that video clip was the conceit of the video clip was that they're in court for some reason. I can't remember that playing a big role in the film Short Circuit. Some of you may not remember Short Circuit, but it was about a kind of um, advanced robot that escaped from a facility and then sort of became this lovable anthropomorphic robot. And they're in court and one of the actors is in the stand and DeBarge is just singing around her. And then the prosecutor uh, pulls out a, a envelope marked Exhibit A and inside the envelope she pulls it out and it's just a VHS tape which is has short circuit written on it. And then <laughs> and then they play it. So that it's, again, quite meta. They play it to the it's court like, like it's evidence. Yeah, they play it to the court like it's evidence, which gives them – a pretext to just start showing you scenes from the film Short Circuit, <laughs> and then and then he's going, here's oh that the the, uh, the other thing to note is that the robot in Short Circuit is called Johnny Five, I think. Right, that's right. So, yeah. And then the chorus is, here's Johnny. She said, <laughs> smiled in that special way. Here's Johnny, and and uh, and they're just like showing scenes of this kind of terrible eighties robot roaming around in the streets and. Uh, <laughs> That's one of the better songs. I was listening to that going, this is good. This song's good. Yeah, it's a good song. Mm. It's got um, this kind of and, – and we were saying that if I ever went into politics that I would use it as my kind of rev up the crowd song. You know, if I like 
ran out onto the podium at the convention. I, I, it just like, who's Johnny? She said, <laughs> smiling that special. Yeah, <laughs> who's Johnny? Who's Johnny? She said, yeah, the movie tie-in. You got the wrap-up mm. rap, and. Mm. The movie tie-in music video. What an era. Bring that back. Bring this all back. (laughs) I mean, surely this, I mean, these kind of wrap-up rap songs would be great for all of those dreadful comic book films. I mean, those comic book films are total fun for the whole fam. And not only that, but they're just pure, cynical, cash-making Yeah. Just get, just get a bunch of- I don't know why they don't do that. Get a bunch of past their prime rappers to start just dropping bars about Thor and Iron Man and Spider Man. Yeah, let's get that. Who's that? I Machine, feel like that must Machine have Gun Kelly would love to do a rap about the Hulk. The other thing to note is that it, it ties into this complete kind of this this nostalgia kick, which is probably why Will Smith was able to get away with doing it in 2019, right? Because it was like. Well, the people who are going to be watching this, at least the parents, are going to be people who grew up with these kind of right. tie, tie-ins and gonna- wrap-up raps. And they'll be like, oh, Will Smith doing a wrap-up rap again. Put their arm around their child and say, little Timmy, let me explain what's going on here and the yeah. magical history of the wrap-up rap and Will <laughs> Smith. That. I mean, this is not a what phenomenon a touching moment really- for a parent. Yeah. It's not a phenomenon that should really have ever existed, let alone span two generations, but there we are. (laughs) It's Johnny, it's just sad. I reckon, I wonder how much cash it would take to get Kendrick Lamar to do one of these right now. Yeah, well, the the Bright soundtrack apparently featured a number of songs, which again are not about Bright, but which I think some of which were written for it. And aside from having Machine Gun Kelly, it featured people like Logic and... Um, oh, I'm having a look at what shit films are coming from Marvel Studios this year. Mm. I bet there's a thousand. Uh, it had... Bright Soundtrack had Bastille. It had... Oh, I had um, Bastille, okay. Logic. It had Ty Dolla Sign, Future, Migos and Marshmallow, Meek Mill... Snoop, of course. I mean, Snoop will. Oh, Snoop, of course. Snoop, Matt. Snoop Snoop will appear at your birthday for $400. So that's not a surprise. Um, (laughs) ASAP Rocky, Tom Morello. I mean, Tom Morello is an erstwhile radical socialist. So it's a bit of a fall from grace for him. Uh, Neil, there's someone, someone's done a. Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, Neil Young. I don't think it must have been. Uh, that can't be specific I, to the film. I'm hoping it's. No, I'm hoping that's not the <laughs> case. Neil Young does a wrap up rap. <laughs> that's, that'd be terrible. You'd be. You just assume he'd lost the plot if he started just doing t- that. Tell me, which one, tell me which one of these you're looking forward to, John. We've got the biggest new movie. <laughs> just <laughs> in, in, in air quotes, new movies yeah. coming out in 2022. Yeah. The first one, Scream. Oh, for God's sake. Really? <laughs> Uh, and then it said, no, despite the title, it's not a remake. Just following the horror titles, titling standard with a direct sequel gets... Na- oh, it's Scream 5. It's called uh, Scream, but it's actually Scream 5. Wow. Oh, my God. This is like a joke. The next one, Jackass Forever. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
and then which I probably will watch because of nostalgic uh, charm for Johnny Knoxville. But um, I didn't know there were four other Scream movies to begin yeah. with. Texas Chainsaw Massacre that's coming again. Oh wow! Um, there's some wow. film called. <laughs> don't don't mistake this with any other films. This is called The Batman. Oh my God! How many <laughs> Batman films are there going to be? Well, whoever owns the intellectual property uh, will keep putting them out forever. Yeah, I guess um, so. I mean, I don't want to get. That's a whole other Sonic the Hedge. Sonic the Hedgehog two is coming out, John. Sonic the Hedgehog two. Now that wrap up wrap. Sonic the Hedgehog two. And Kendrick Lamar doing the wrap-up rap on Sonic yes. the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> he's, he's just a little blue boy. Yeah. Listen to me as I sing. He's going to go fast and collect that ring. Yeah, he's running around <laughs> in the Sega game. I'm Kendrick Lamar and I have no shame. They turned up to my house. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, the thing that I loved about that remake in particular and we again we're getting a bit off track here but it's just like who wanted another i mean you, are you putting out another sonic game no so what the fuck are you doing like this is this is i wonder if it's uh, if it's us taking our kids or if kids know sonic yeah i don't know i don't think they could because what the fuck it was a it was a flash in a pan flash in the there's, pan there's one here oh man this is getting off track but I fucking hate Hollywood. There's a film coming out called DC. Le- oh my god! Oh, I'm going to send this to you. There's a film coming out called DC League of Super Pets, and clearly, what it is is who's whoever owns. I don't know what studio owns the DC universe, but they've obviously gone well. Superhero movies, we can't sell them to like infants, so yeah. we're going to use our intellectual property rights to make like a comic book intellectual property <sighs> film for babies mm. and so kids so parents can take babies and not only that but kill two birds with one stone then much like mcdonald's with their happy meal you can indoctrinate kids into mm. your bullshit world while their brains are still forming can i just send this to you on um i'll just like look at look at this look at the uh look at the image for this film john Oh no! <laughs> so it, obviously you can't see this, everyone. the The style of this three D animated film looks like it looks like a, a, the Incredibles or a kind of even cheesier, more bubbly round Pixar film. And I'm looking at a kind yeah. of b- goofy looking Superman who's fly who's flying with a dog character past yeah. what looks like past what looks like the um, Shard in London. Hmm. There you go. Probably sponsored by some fucking London property developer. I mean, that's how these things go. Just like a capitalist soup. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is coming as well in 2022. Uh, Sands the Tibetan flag on Tom Cruise's uh, jacket. That was a thing that, that popped up in the media a few years ago when the first teaser trailer for this film came out and the original Top Gun Maverick has pulls on a jacket that has a Tibetan flag on it and it's been mysteriously changed into a sequel. some kind of generic non-flag to, to just like a flag with a triangle on it yeah 
I don't know why. They asked the studio and the studio said to the journalist, hey, how about you go fuck yourself? (laughs) They said, is this about, are you going to release it in China? And they said, (laughs) this exhibit is closed. This exhibit is closed. That was an extensive look back Mm. at the wrap-up wrap, the movie tie-in, and a little bit of a common theme here on Don't Praise the Machine, which is the current state of Hollywood. I can't even read this fucking article, John, that's about films coming this year. Light year, which is some sort of, it looks like a fucking Buzz Lightyear origin story. Oh, no. Where Buzz is played by Chris Evans. You can't write this shit like it's like a it's like if we wanted to make a parody of a film honestly it's like a disease i mean at a certain point it takes just as much creativity to flog a dead horse as to just write a new story like i i would find it easier just to start from scratch than to say to these studios okay so do you guys remember a side character from a film that's 30 years old well i thought we could make a five-film-long lo- five series about that character. I mean, just stop. Could, I think um, you're giving me a great idea for a new type of thread through that we could do, John, where we just <laughs> pick obscure characters mm. from films that nobody yeah. paid much attention to and then we Tell can you what I'm gonna do. propose a script to a studio and say, guys, 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 remember Goonies. You remember Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day? <laughs> Needle Nose Ned, Ned the Head. Well. <laughs> How did he come to be on the street that day? Yeah. Walking what kind past of, Bill Murray. What was his path into being an insurance salesman? And and how did he go after that day? Let's do a Groundhog Day prequel, which has nothing to do with, with Groundhog Days. It's just <laughs> the coming of age story with Ned Ryerson. That gym mat has a lot of meat in it. We'll have to. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We'll have, we'll have to, to explore, explore that. that. Um, but this brings us to a special moment in the podcast. If yeah. people have stuck with us until the end here, which is that when me and John were discussing this phenomenon of the wrap up rap, naturally we thought to ourselves, there's got to be some. I mean, we were sort of just mentioning some great films have missed yeah. their wrap-up rap. And yeah. that's not fair to them. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to us. <laughs> and so we started thinking about films from around the same kind of era, from that late 80s, early to mid-90s period, that perhaps could have really used a wrap-up rap. But for whatever reason, the producers dropped the ball and the film just didn't get the wrap-up rap that it deserved. Is that what you'd mm. say, John? Yeah, I think that's right. I think there were films that were released in that era that were the right kind of films where, for whatever reason, maybe it was budgetary constraints, maybe it was just a lack of creativity, uh, they didn't get a wrap-up rap. And so we've tried to do our bit, albeit many years after the fact, to rectify that situation. Yeah. So what what have we done, John? Without mentioning well, the film, 
What have we done? The film. Well, we've done our very own wrap up rap, <laughs> and it's a. We hope it's a film that you'll recognise. It's a beloved film. Um, it's one that has the kind of plot that maybe lends itself to colourful lyrics. Um, so we've done our best. I mean, we're not professional musicians. Al is uh, much closer to that than I am, but um, uh, we're not professional rappers, but we've done our best. And um, we think it's uh, we think it's great. I don't quite know what the options are for, you know, I'd love to be able to, to um, monetize it. I think, I think in response to the question of how can what we've done be best utilized, because it would be, it would be a shame for it to just exist on this podcast. Yeah. My suggestion is that the studio that owns the rights to the film, the distribution rights, the streaming rights, that you just recut the film with this mm. over the end credits. And as this is playing, mm, I want everybody idea. to I want everybody to have two pictures in their minds. I mean you can listen to it a few times. I want you to imagine the once you work out which film this is, which won't take you that long, I want you to imagine this song playing as the credits to the film role. Just imagine how much better everybody's experience of this film would have been if the film yeah. ended and then you're in the theatre, you're in Wallace Cinemas in Adelaide, you're mm. in Greater Union and the credits start to roll and you're sitting there and then this starts playing and you go, wow, this is so perfect because I missed mm. a few of those plot points and I've mm. had them explained to me again. And then what we'd also like you to think of is maybe you get home and you pop on your favorite music video channel and it's playing the hottest music videos of the day and there's a, <laughs> there's a movie tie-in music video with this yeah. film, with clips of this film playing and Maybe us with- appearing in the city that the film is set in and we're kind of rapping and then characters from the film suddenly appear and start interacting with us. <laughs> I'd love that. And... uh yeah, and, and, you know, you don't have to have that discussion with your friends after the film. Oh, but what was this person doing yeah. at this point? You know, it's just all it's all there for you in the credits. So I've actually given us a uh, – I gave us a artist title as well, John. So we don't have <laughs> – Oh, did you? So we're, so we're, we're the Exposition Brothers. <laughs> I love That's that. our wrap-up rap hip-hop group name, yeah. the Exposition Brothers. I like it because rather than being a rap group that's ended up doing exposition songs, we just <laughs> that was it. That was always our core mission, and we're just smashing it. <laughs> and the Exposition Brothers, guys, uh, Disney, you've Disney, the home of cornball, uh, cynical trash. Get in touch because the Exposition mm. Brothers are available for. Oh, we're available. We're, we're available for, for Spider-Man 96. We're available for Iron Man 42. Any yeah. kind of in IP universe that needs uh, wrap-up rap. Yeah, sure. Just give us a Pre- call. Predator versus Sonic the Hedgehog 8. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> oh, um, man, I would go and see Predator versus Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Arnold, Arnold, just, Arnold Schwarzenegger just doing a big handshake to Sonic, just going, Sonic, you son of a bitch. 
Um, yeah, I sat down to do my bit of this and I thought, man, I could do this. I, you know, I think I, I, think I this, uh, this flowed pretty naturally. This is what I love about the podcast, John, is that I love that it's given us both opportunities to explore. I mean, especially you. I feel like I've, I've done, I've made silly little things that I would typically send mm. to people in private over yeah. the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great to be able to have a platform like this where we can reach a slightly larger audience than, yeah. you know, five people in a WhatsApp group. But <laughs> I, when you sent when you sent me your first version of this back, I was like, this is really good. Like, this is <laughs> definitely an untapped skill that John has that I love we can bring out in him. Who knew? Yeah. It's, it's too bad I didn't. I wasn't didn't come of age in 1985, or I would be, I'd just be growing old in a mansion somewhere. So um, the song doesn't have a title yet. I mean, I tell you, we can't give it a title yet. I don't think because that'll give away yeah. the film. So I think what we'll do is we'll just play the song, and then next week we'll come in the week we'll come up with a title for it. Or you can yeah, send yeah, us yeah. one if you think. Send us a title for the song because <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put it on social media and see if actually people want to. Um, share it there as well uh, yeah we've put a bit of work into it i hope that comes across so we've spoken about it long enough uh it took us over an hour to get to get there but uh <laughs> is there anything else you want to say oh maybe we should like we'll do we'll, we'll sign off the episode with this john so that's that's been episode yeah. 40 that's been episode 43 we want to say real 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 thanks for sticking with us thanks everyone it's been a lot of uh, fun it's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to check out another Smith song this week, I love uh, William. It was really nothing. Excellent oh, it's Smith beauty. song. Mm. Uh, that's the Smith song of the week. But speaking of songs, so without further ado, we'd like you to open up your ear canals and your hearts and your souls to a song that we've created for your listening pleasure. It's the Exposition Brothers laying it out. Take it away, boys. Hey there, baby. What'd you say your name was again? Euphigenia. Now listen up, people, let me set the scene. It's San Francisco, 1993. Danny is a voice actor extraordinaire, but has a run-in with his boss and quits then and there. Now his wife, Miranda, she's had more than enough, so she files for divorce and it's about to get rough. Daniel begs the judge, don't take my kids away from me. But the judge rules in favor of Miranda, you see. Now what's he gonna do? Those kids are his life, but then he hatches a plan to get him out of this strife. He calls his brother Jack with a crazy request. Can you make me a mask and a pair of fake breasts? I'm gonna babysit the kids disguised as a lady, I freely admit. It's a little bit shady, but I gotta see my kids if it's the last thing I do. And I've given her a name, I'm gonna tell it to you. the door to the interviewee. It's just a Scottish old lady who's as sweet as can be. The kids are trepidatious, but Miranda's impressed. She's going to hire Doubtfire, and she never could again. When Doubtfire steps in, kids think it's a disaster, because their new housekeeper is a real taskmaster. She tries to cook dinner, but it goes haywire, leaning over the stove. She sets her tits on fire. She puts out the flames and orders some food. She says she made it herself, because she's just that true. Now the kids are warming up to this corpulent queen, and Miranda can't believe just how lucky she's been. Fire, fire, baby And there's something that I just can't put my finger
Looking at OS, it's too good to be true. Well, let me introduce you to a guy named Stu. He's Miranda's new lover with the golden eyes. And he's taking her to dinner for a birthday surprise. But Danny's there too, eating with another man. When his family arrived, and Danny's got a scram to the bathroom to change into Mrs. Doubtfire and add a lot of pepper to Stu's jambalaya. Stu starts choking, and Danny runs over, and Miranda turns white as the cliffs of Dover. Danny's mask falls off, it's the big reveal. Now the ruse is up, and it's about to get real. Dan loses the kids, not exactly a surprise when you think about the fact that he don't a disguise. Trespass lied and breached the orders of a court. Not much of a protagonist, I would have thought. But nevertheless, Danny wins in the end when Miranda determines that the kids depend on this strange, sad man. And I think we all agree what a bizarre family film this has turned out to be. Yeah!